0: All right, boys. Last potty for the year, which we'll talk yeah. about in a second of what we're, our plans are. But the last one for the year, how are you guys feeling? I believe it. Good man. I'm
1: great, man. Um, this time of year is always the best, man. Like I feel good. Everyone around me is like in a good mood. The mood around the gym's great. Um, I just feel like everyone's. Everyone's happy, man, and you definitely can feel the difference. And I don't think it's um a coincidence that the fact that it's thirty degrees every day also helps make. I was people- just I was gonna going to say back. that
0: the fact yeah. that I've got some good weather finally is definitely helping. Makes such a
1: difference, right.
0: man. I got to. Uh, I've got a question for you. Mm. Honey or maple syrup?
1: Honey. 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 My brain's like thinking of. The I know it depends what you put it on, right? It doesn't matter. You, you, don't it have the time, it. you don't have the time, have the time nah. to assess all that. You just got to make a quick decision. I'm going to say honey.
0: I'm going to say honey too. Yeah.
1: Just like I think it can be utilized
0: on more things. Agreed. Like you can put on a rice cake. You can't put maple syrup on a rice cake. It's going to go everywhere. You can put honey on ice cream. You can put maple syrup on ice cream. You can put honey on pancakes. Same as, You know what I mean? Honey's just got more
1: uses that maple syrup doesn't. Yeah, I would just say, like, what is anyone else using maple syrup for other yes. than pancakes? Um, and maybe, like, pre-comp carb up. What else?
0: Yeah. I guess you can put it on ice cream. You can put it in.
1: No, yeah. I lie. Guys, I went through a phase that I was putting maple syrup on my chicken when I was cooking it in the pan, sugar-free maple syrup, and having maple chicken. But then I found one better. Beef mince with sugar-free maple syrup. It comes out. I call it maple beef. Try that. You know what's funny? I did the same thing. Yes. Yeah, you're not alone, bro. I was like, this just needs some sweetness. <laughs> 100%. Beef, maple beef. I'm fucking telling you. Me thinks this is disgusting, but it's awesome.
0: I only did that during prep. Now I'm out of prep. I was like, what was I thinking? What was I even
1: thinking? I've never had it since. No, nah, never. I right. didn't even have it in prep. Mine was in my like, previous off-season, and I got over it pretty quick. But there was a, free- a week or two I was like, this is the shit, man. Actually,
0: I'm. Ju- I reckon the last week or two, I've been starting to feel like I don't want to eat. Like leading up, obviously through the reverse into the off season, I'm like, yeah, cool. I, c- I can eat my next meal. I want to eat it. I want to eat it. I want to eat it. And now I'm like, oh, I've t- got to eat that meal. I could just get. I could just no. Nah, I could. I could skip it. So right. you know, when you think about it, as you know, Scotty, my calories macros haven't really changed since post-comp like reverse my body's just been taking um that food and just slowly increasing weight over time and yeah. we haven't had to adjust i think we made one or two adjustments like and they were minor and the, mm-hmm. the body's just like cool i'm just gonna go on this like nice little yeah. just <laughs> ride with this amount of food and just make my way slowly up to the body weight um and only now it's kind of hitting maybe possibly a plateau, but it's still kind of climbing in a good direction. It's starting to waver a little bit. Um, but yeah, over the last week or two, I've been starting to feel like I, I'm not, like I don't need to eat. Like there's no there's no real desire.
2: Um, and I reckon that means it's, it's, like we've said, it's definitely coming, man. That plateau is coming. And then the improvement season for you will really start because then you're going to get to that point where MG's at now where you sit down and not like, oh, I don't really want to eat. It's like, fuck, I've got to eat this
1: meal. Yeah. You know what's so funny? so many like liquid calories are being introduced.
0: Yeah. You know what's so funny? And I'm sure you guys have clients in this situation, so do I. My carbs and my calories are higher than what they were in my peak off-season. And I'm obviously lighter now. And I have clients that are the exact same. They're lighter um, than their than off-season and they're on more calories than they were in their off-season
1: coming out of comp it's like so, your body's so efficient when it, and you got so lean, you just became so efficient man like yeah yeah
2: so this is the highest you've ever had to take your food
1: this
0: is the highest yeah now i'm at the highest yeah this is the highest okay. carbs we've been on
2: yeah
0: uh, fats have been higher in the past but i think all in all the calories are, are at its highest yeah and you know like i i went from 95 kg to 75 so 20 kilo loss right and now I'm back at 87, 88. So I've regained what, 13 kilo from the 20 that I lost. So I haven't even regained everything yet. And it's been slow. Like, you've seen my progression. Yeah,
2: like, yeah.
0: There's been no, no concerns. Like, the percentage of rate of gain has been like nearly textbook. I and mean,
1: you still got yeah. rattlesnakes in your triceps. You still, you're still, it's <laughs> still like, your condition's good. Like, it's not like it's a 13 kilo blowout. But, but you also haven't had acute jumps, like
2: where you've just, in like an asshole for four days and you put on four kilos, like literally, and and this is the difference, like when you do come out of comp, you are able to recomp a little bit better where like food can come up a bit higher and you can maintain better weight slash body composition versus if you just go too hard too early. Eventually at some point you're gonna end up at the same point anyway, Um, but yeah, I I tend to see it quite a lot, and it's typically with those that are really consistent um, to that process tend to tend to have that. So, and
0: it's kind of no surprise, and this and so no surprised we have clients like this because generally clients come to us uh, when they're kind of been in a maintaining phase or they're just been living life, right? And they can I want to mm-hmm. I want to do a comp, and then you go, okay, cool. We'll build your metabolism up, and we'll put make some gains, and then we'll prep you, right? But you've never really started from scratch, like a full reset when they're lean, building them up to their peak weight and then building and then cutting them back down. So it's kind of no surprise that with clients that we've had reverse and come out of comps, they're in a better position than when we first started with them because we've been able to start from the ground level, from ground zero, where normally we've started based off what they've been doing for God knows how long. That's what's exciting because next year when those people want to compete or whatever they're doing, whatever phase, they're in a lot better position. And that's why we try to say to people, every time you do this, you not only learn it more, but you create a better foundation every single time. And they're all in a better composition every single time. they, They look better at 60 kilos than they did 60 kilos last year. You know what I mean? So they improve every single year. Now, as long as they they stay on track and do nothing super crazy, super silly. Um, you know, that's what that's what's motivating about this sport is the fact that you can just continuously improve um, over time, which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about something that's super super exciting that happened on the weekend. It had the Olympia. It was crazy. We had some new, um, new champions crowned, which uh, is awesome and always exciting. And it's good because... It kind of sets the path for next year of what they're kind of looking for. And, um, you know, we had some carryover champs and, and people that have come back and won their titles and things like that. But I think in the main divisions, um, especially in open men's bodybuilding and in bikini, we saw some new champs and the looks are different. The looks are completely different. Um, so if you want to start with bikini... Uh, we had Maureen win, which I know we said in our last potty, in our prediction, I think we had her like
1: fourth, third or fourth, fourth? I think, I, I think, we, I think we had her like in our top three. Yeah. We, I think we just said we were both really big fans of her. Yeah. And I think I think, I think what happens is, that, I don't know, did you guys see some videos this week of some bikini p- competitors coming out and saying, guys, you don't know, you don't understand judging and you don't understand what they're looking for. And I know you all think oh, I should have won, but... Mm you're my family and friends and you're always going to tell me I should win. And there's a certain look that the judges look for. And I feel like this year, the IFBB judges made it pretty clear what look they want in bikini. And the fact is that you would look at, say, Jen and put her next to Maureen and say, but she just looks more muscular. She's way harder. And that's obviously just what they didn't want. Yeah. Uh, and, so and that- like, we love Maureen's physique. It was a little bit softer than the rest. And that's just the look they wanted this year. She's an amazing competitor. Jen looked insane, but like... Yeah, looks crazy.
2: It's crazy, this man.
1: this was the hardest
0: lineup. You had it was awesome. four four previous champions. Oh, yeah, right. They had and won, and then, and then In Laura India. Lee, who's won everything this year, like and Laura Lee exactly right. And Laura Lee's won everything. She came second before, so toughest lineup. And then Maureen just comes out of nowhere. I
1: think she was. She was wasn't even shocked. Did you see what they like? She was genuinely. She
0: was. I think was everyone, like, like, like everyone I've spoken to, didn't expect her to be the winner. Yeah. and even people that I've spoken to after pre-judging and looking at the video and looking at photos, the way they'd move people around, we still still thought Jen was what they wanted, what they were looking for. But, you know, obviously that wasn't the result. And even looking at the scorecards, Maureen was winning at pre-judging and winning in final. She's a clear winner all the way through. It's not like something happened, someone faded or something, and the other person overtook the other person. And what's interesting is out of the top three, you had Jen, previous champ, Ashley, uh, three-time champ, right? They were both leaner than Maureen, so Maureen was the softest out of those three. And I don't want to say Maureen had the smallest structure because Ashley has the smallest structure, but she was definitely in between the two of those girls. Yeah, she she wasn't as she definitely wasn't as lean, and she wasn't as muscular as Jen. And I think I think I said a couple of weeks ago on my IG story that Jen was already one of the biggest. And I think she was putting on some more size and let's see what happens. And obviously they didn't like that. And she was super lean. Like you had to look at her like a week out. She had like striations in her shoulders, right? She was like super, super lean. And then looking at, see, live stream's hard because the video quality is okay, but it's nothing like a 4K or 8K photo, right? So then looking at photos, you could actually see that Jen had some separation in her hands, Right, which they do not like. So you had Maureen, that was a um, a little bit smaller in structure, definitely smaller in size, in muscular size. She was um, she had nice round muscles. Her actual glutes were rounder than Jen's, but she had these like really deep and developed glute tie-ins. Right, so she didn't have to get super lean for them to be hopping so much, yeah. which was great because that means that she didn't have to have separation of hammies that were nice and smooth, which is exactly what they wanted, right? Whereas yeah. Jen, for her to get that pop in the glute ham, it was at the sacrifice of a little bit of separation the ham, which they don't like, right? So when you start to look at the photos and you start to analyze them a little bit more, you're like, okay, cool, yeah, I can see why they picked Maureen over Jen and, um, and I like that direction. Like when you have to get people so big and so lean, <laughs> it kind of makes... It a little bit more, I don't want to say an achievable physique, but you know what I mean by that, right? Because yeah. by no means Olympia physique is easily achievable, right? But you know, you'd have to get them to that degree where you got to get them so lean and have so much muscle mass on
1: them. Yeah. So One of think- Maureen's physique is like if you look at some photos from like the top of her glute to the bottom of her bust in her side shot is really short, right? She doesn't have a really long torso. So, like, from the top of where her bikini sits, literally to the bottom of her bikini under her bust, it's, like, a tiny distance compared to the rest, and it gives this crazy illusion of, like, this tiny, tiny, minuscule waist, right? So, I think, like, that's super advantageous for her, but that's just structure. That's just...
0: Yeah, she's got a tiny waist, but because she wasn't super lean, she didn't have, like, a slight six-pack coming through, where if you have a look at Issa... She, you could nearly see a six-pack, right? Yeah, and even, no a
2: six
1: pack bit, in
0: even a little bit in Jen, right? So they were just a little bit too lean and obviously the judges don't want to see that, right? So Maureen had the best balance of everything and, and also her, her stage presence, her posing was crazy, but she was the only one in a pink bikini, which is interesting because everyone's wearing blue or everyone's wearing green, right? Or purple, so yeah. she was the only one in pink so I'm telling you now next year everyone's going to be wearing pink. 100%. It's going to be crazy.
1: 100%. But, um,
0: yeah, super excited, super super happy for her and um I'm keen to see how the rest of the shows go. Obviously got the Arnolds coming up in March, so yeah. I um, think
1: the bikini girls handled themselves really well in like their post show feedback to the public about how they're just super proud of their results, really happy, don't disagree in any way shape or form and just I thought all of them did really well at that. Yeah,
0: like you got I – was, I was listening to a podcast with Ashley Kay, who came third. She's also a three-time champ. And she was like over the moon to That's be true. third, like absolutely over the moon. So, um, yeah, just because you don't win doesn't mean that you aren't happy with how you win, especially when you're we're talking about the best in the world. So, yeah. uh, men's. So, we had a, a new champ crowned, Hardy. Adi Shupan from Iran. Uh, yeah. He's hearing impaired, doesn't speak English. You know, if anyone was to say there's politics involved and, uh, and in any kind of favoritism, you would think that they wouldn't favor someone that's going to find it hard to come to, it, to America or come to a, a country to do any kind of promotional activity. And then also they can't speak the language. So they definitely gave it to the best on the day. Uh, which was clear, which was pretty clear when you saw it, and then you got Derek Lunsford, which I think he was so close to. But there's an all-American boy, Christian, speaks English, family man. You know, if there's any politics involved, you think he's you know he's American. You think anyone's going to win it? He's probably going to win it, right? Or the all-American kid. But he wasn't the best in the day. He looked amazing though, and I think when the when they came out, that top five came out, and you had Big Rummy, which is a two-time um previous winner and they put him to the side, he just looked broken. Like he looked yeah, like off. No, he, was, like no. he, wasn't,
2: he wasn't sharp. He looked like he was he was holding a heap of water. Yeah. He just I don't know whether they just didn't get him lean enough or whether he just like with um Ian Vallier, like you saw photos of him. He didn't even make the top ten man and you saw photos of him two days ago. Looked unreal and then they just completely fucked his peak and this is the what thing. I, I thought a lot a of like with a lot of those guys. I I just feel like even I've been watching Chris's um, prep pretty closely and watching how um, Honey goes about it in terms of his meticulous attention to detail. Versus if you look at previous years, I know Ian had his own comp and he was just sort of Chris is his brother-in-law, but like after the weight, he'd be like, All right, go have a burger and do some French fries and then do two hundred mils of egg whites and then half a the diuretic could go to sleep. Versus, and yeah, he's the champion, he's done it before, but just like, even the fact that he hasn't had those foods, whereas honey was so, I don't want you to have this, I want you to have that, it was like attention to detail. And I feel like maybe with those, the big boys, there's just that element of the night before, it's just, trial and error, I hope I wake up and I look fucking grouse and dry in the morning. Like, running, just junk food, there's just not a lot of I guess, science behind what they're doing and how they're doing it. It's just guessing and, and, and hoping to shoot for the stars for, for the best. And you even see that backstage, like stopping down on French fries and donuts and just shoveling shit, thinking it's going to improve the physique. So I just wonder whether that, you know, maybe plays a part and that's why they just completely miss it. Like, Rami didn't... We all thought he was going to win. And mm. he lights out. He, he was the guy to beat. And he, as soon as he walked out... To be honest, I didn't even know if he was going to be in the top five. Yes, same. I thought, yeah. of, like, I, to be honest, I had him sitting sixth, maybe even seventh. Like, yeah. he like got, got a little bit better. Him. They give that, that fifth. Got a little bit better as it went on. I feel like it would have been pretty, you know, pretty, not disrespectful, but just like, it's a talk about a four from grace. But, yeah, I just wonder whether that maybe is it, whether there's just, just too much guesswork and just hoping, you know, Employing protocols that aren't necessarily what you've been doing.
0: Like even yeah. So we're talk so just as so everyone knows, we're talking about Hani Rambod, which is the coach of Hardy Schupan, which he's the guy who won Mr. Olympia. He's also Derek. coaches Derek Lunsman, who came second. And he also coaches c who came first in Classic. And he also coaches a lot of other people too, that which is absolutely amazing. But He's known to be conservative in his drug protocols, conservative in his approach, only to do what's necessary, and he's very, very meticulous, right? Not only with the physical aspect, but also with the mental aspect. And um, he's just, like, obviously an amazing coach, but it just goes to show is keeping it simple <laughs> is a hell of a lot better than trying to do so much complicated shit, especially when you're talking about people that are also on a lot of um, uh, enhancement drugs. There's a lot of things that come into play. And we're just finding it that, you know, he's using approaches that they used to use, like let's call them old school approaches. Not old school, but, you know, not trying to do silly things. And um, he's getting that consistency. He's getting those people to actually... Peak consistently every single show, right? Whereas there's so much inconsistency with everyone else, which is crazy. Like that never used to happen in the in the '90s and in some of the 2000s. Everyone would come in shape every single show, right? And now we're just getting this inconsistency, and it's it's absolutely crazy. But um, ha- Honey, the coach, did absolutely amazing with Hardy <laughs> and Derek. And uh, they were standouts. When they walked out, I was like, holy
2: shit. Yeah, conditioning. You, t- you could tell. They were yeah. like hard yeah. as nails, dry. And, and, and Nick,
1: Nick, Nick doesn't miss a beat with conditioning, man. Yeah. Nick hasn't missed the mark for like a couple of years now. So like even he's like worked out. Um, and his big thing is like, you know, when he hits the, either the front double or the most muscular, he he has got variation with the extended torso and with the crunch down abs. Yeah. And his variation of his front double with the crunch down abs doesn't even look like he's he still looks extended, but he's just got variation yes, yeah. of all six abs, yeah. So, like, the, the top three were just like, yeah, so out
2: yeah,
0: absolutely crazy. And then, obviously, you had Brandon Curry fourth, yeah, and he was
2: he was way off as well, yeah,
0: Raman fifth. So, you had two previous winners, fourth and fifth, which I could almost see that as a gift to, um, to keep them in the top five. <laughs> to not make the sure of,
1: of rami's physique like they just went through it i think it was maybe um maybe despot bodybuilding or but man there was multiple things so like obviously there was a crazy like layer of water on the six pack and then did you see the the indented quad the whole so thing the yeah, and then there was the explanation where um whoever his, his current coach is, chad said that his previous coaches thrashed his quad and had obviously just kept jabbing the quad 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 and yeah. now that quad, quad's basically is now atrophied, right? Yeah, and it stops blood in his, flow in that area. Yeah, yeah, and same in his back Yeah, where he's got no more – he's got a nerve issue around C5 or C6 and just cannot grow muscle in that area at all anymore, gets no blood flow there. Yeah. So what upset
0: me the most, right, is that – so Chad is his coach, which is amazing. Is an amazing coach also. But Dennis James also helps train him and helps do posing. And he, he lived with Den- Dennis James. And Dennis James is like a well-known bodybuilder back in the 2000s, right? So, and on all podcasts, is like, Rami looks his best. Rami looks his best. Rami looks his best. And then he comes out and he looks his worst. And I was like, is he was he fucking lying to us this whole time? Like, where's his credibility? And then he did a post this morning he issued photos of how Rami looked one week out when he was living with Dennis before he went to Vegas. Yeah, right? No pump in the morning.
1: Was,
0: yeah. And he looked amazing, absolutely amazing. So whatever he's done in that peak week
1: has fucked it. Like, that's what dude, he wanted to that's what he wanted people to see. Is like we had it right. I didn't yeah. fuck this. Someone else fucked this up. So here we
0: go, guys. Even the best in the world can fuck their peak week up with the best coaches in the world. And I hope we get a really good explanation from them. So I reckon
1: Scotty's now that I reckon there's just like in a lot of these instances, these guys are just trying to use pharmacology, which I don't think they truly understand, to outsmart the body. And it's just it's just luck. Like they're just trying to luck it. Yeah. And like the whole,
2: the whole diuretic thing because nearly all of them take it and yet that was one of the things that I picked up with Chris, what he mentioned in his vlog saying that he, he woke up so dry and he's like, and he didn't take a diuretic this year. Yeah. And it's like... Well, no, 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 kept no, it simple. Because you're enhanced doesn't mean that um, your body senses that you're dehydrated and then still continues to remove water from your body. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, so, honestly, I, reckon, I reckon a lot of these other guys, and it happens more so because obviously the, the bigger the athlete, the, you know, the larger the dosage of, um, of obviously of anabolics that they're taking, they're, they're, like I said, there's just too many of the throw a haymaker, you know, yeah. let's see if we can twist it. But the thing is, it's like if you see these guys a week out they look fucking grouse, why not just approach it like a natural wood, just feed into the show, granted that, at this stage, they're probably they're burning through a bit more um, substrate than perhaps the, the average Joe. So just feed them all the way in, give them a massive overfeed the day before, and then obviously spill them if you can, and then just let them, as they pump up and the day goes on, they'll dry out, water will clear out, pump them up, and then up. They might not, like, rather than, as we just said, the conservative approach, you know you're going to get a 985 to 99% look versus trying to shoot for 100 and you're probably going to land somewhere in the eighty-five to yeah. ninety-five range. I just yeah, when you invest so much
0: time, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. So on to classic because C. Bum one four-time champ. Now he looked a, yeah, he looked his biggest, his best, his leanest. He he, he was amazing. He was and what what um, uh, Hani did was was crazy with Chris's physique. He looked absolutely amazing. And then we had uh, Ramon. In second, and I would say that Ramon had him in some of the side shots, and in their most classic, where they did a, a twisting back double bicep, he had him there.
1: I reckon he had him. I, I was reckon just looking Ramon at him. Do you know what it is? He's obviously like his legs are super dense, but yeah. if you look at like his upper trap, um, it he's denser. He comes out more that way, whereas Chris's is wider, but it's he's thinner. Wide. Yeah. So, so like, in a couple of those back shots, man, and that's what i was saying, like, I reckon next year, if Chris is going to go for five, post that, it's going to be hard for him to pip Ramon after that, man, because he's just Yeah, because got...
0: he's going to get bigger. Ramon's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think he's still got a bit a bit to go in his weight cap.
1: He does now after so, this.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. And then we had Urz, which was third, and we thought he was going to come second.
2: Yeah. Um, I think What do you second? reckon? I don't he didn't look
1: as... His conditioning's been on the whole way through. He, he, he was, was off a little bit too. Hard. And and he looked... Yeah. For the first time ever, he looked like he just didn't have the size to, to compete with him.
0: That's what I thought.
1: I was yeah. like... He looked smaller. He looked smaller he than I thought when he won speak. his comp this year.
0: Yeah, and then someone posted side-by-sides of him last year and this year. He didn't look much different.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's got a great physique, man. Like oh, Amazing. He's classic yeah. as hell. We all thought Terence was going to slip this year, all of us. But we said yeah. four, not six...
0: Yeah, Terence, Terence was, who has been second the last, what, two, three years? Two, yeah. Uh, What did he get? What did he get sixth? Sixth. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Great. But he was off. He was definitely off. Yeah, he was definitely off. He wasn't as lean as normal. So, yeah, exciting. And so, obviously, next year is going to be super exciting. Like, it's going to be hard to beat Chris, but Ramon can, he he took him, he, he got him on a couple of poses, so it won't take too long. For him to to get real close, get really really close, especially if Chris comes off. But if he's working with, uh, uh, I reckon next year
1: Chris wins will be Chris's last. I reckon after five he'll call it. Yeah, man, you got to think he's like, he's literally the wealth. He's he's the face of (laughs) fitness, right? Like someone said, he because he won. How much did he win?
0: Fifty thousand. it's like it's 60 grand crazy. or
1: something, something stupid, small.
0: He won like 50 grand. He makes 50 grand in, in a couple of days, right? Like,
1: yeah. 100%, man. And he's like, literally, like, you know, he's got 12 million followers. He's he's literally the face of fitness, it's not just bodybuilding, but like. Yeah. Like, I know people who barely train in the gym who like have C-bum stuff and want C-bums t-shirts and like. Yeah. Like want his pre-workout. Yep. Yeah. Crazy, and he's pretty, and he's pretty switch, like he's very switched on, man. Like he's very entrepreneurial, so he doesn't he definitely doesn't need it, but he does love it.
0: Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. All right, okay. boys. Um, so that was Olympia. I'm excited. Obviously, the next big show is Arnold in March, which will be interesting. But um, yeah, I'm excited for uh, I'm already excited for next year, and I'm already excited for for us for season A. But we'll discuss well, that in the new year and who we have lined up. And, and the next show big show would be season
1: B, 2023, Scott Morell And then Scotty for season B, yes. It's going to be epic.
0: Actually, just, I haven't spoken to you guys about this, but uh, you know our next gym catch-up next year, I've already got a thought, there is a ICN posing workshop early Feb. Um, it's at a gym in Taylor's Lakes, I don't know the name of it. So I'm thinking, and it's uh, it's free to train if you're doing the workshop. So I'm thinking that maybe we can make our, uh, our gym meet up there for next time. But let's um, have a chat about it and it could be a, a good opportunity to get people together that are also going to be at the workshop too because I know I'm, I'm most likely going to be attending. So we can do Who's that. Uh, that one is run by ICN and I think the posing coach is Donna.
1: Yeah, for that one. Are we allowed to BYO subluckies?
0: That's a good idea. Mm. That's do they good.
1: hold? Do they travel
2: well?
0: Yeah, yeah. they wrap, they wrap, they wrap them up, man. They wrap them up in foil. Yeah,
1: Scott, can I just ask how, how bad are you frothing Like, i me, me and MT went out for dinner Friday, obviously for Subs, and we sent you videos of us like literally bite, bite. I was I was out I
2: was out with my staff for um for dinner on the Friday, and you sent me the suit. I'm not gonna lie, there was a party. It was like I couldn't. Leave here, pop over, I'm maybe a have one. In. I'm like, I've literally just finished my clean up phase. Is that really the best thing for me to be doing right now? Probably not, uh, especially considering I just had a I just had a pizza. But um, it it, it needs I to go. I love you put
1: that last detail into, especially because I had a
0: pizza.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good too. Um, but no, it's on the new year. It needs to. It needs to happen.
0: Uh, yeah, we definitely to do it. We definitely to do this. Um, I know away. Oh, you ever do two? I
2: feel like it doesn't look that big. I'm a pretty big eater. Don't be,
0: don't be. Don't yeah, be. they're decent. They're decent. Yeah, they're they're decent. Yeah. Have you ever
2: gotten carried away, got a
1: little excited, and went back for a second
2: or not? No,
1: did I say it this week? I said I could have put a second one down, but I just left a certain amount of cows, man. So I'm like, that's Is, there a, lot,
2: is there a lot of meat in that? Like it's really protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. You probably could because you'd end up with like. Yeah. The meat
0: sweats about two hours later. There's a lot of meat. Yeah, there's a lot of meat. Um, talking about food, Christmas is coming up, mm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, obviously we uh we have a lot of uh, clients that uh, are asking us how to navigate that situation. Uh, some are in prep, some are in dedicated fat loss phases, but majority of our clients are in a a maintaining a maintenance phase, a growth a growth phase, or a off-season phase, so um, their approach will be a little bit different to someone that's in a prep. So, who wants to kick it off? MG, maybe. How are we going to tackle this? How will we? How 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 should people tackle Christmas uh, if they're? Let's talk about in a prep because I think that's an easy one to kind of tick off. Yeah, and then yeah. let's talk about if they're not in a prep, and if they're hardcore people like like us and they live for this shit, or if they're just people that just want to still progress but um not uh, not be super crazy like us
1: yeah so like starting with say someone who's in prep right again it depends on like like how far out they are and how how much they need to make up like if they're reasonably lean already and you know that you've got for say from jan till their first show is april which is what 16 weeks and you're only trying to chew off another 3 or 4 kilos potentially the plan might be different versus someone who, you know, you're trying to still pull off 400 grams every week for the next 16 or 18 weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be dependent on your position, but regardless, I just employ a strategy where, you know, I'll utilize potentially a little bit of extra expenditure leading up to Christmas and either allow one of two strategies, again, depending on the athlete where I'll give a higher calorie amount for the day. Or if it's someone that I know is always respectful of the process and, you know, never eats like an asshole. I may give them the flexibility just to untrack that day, but it'll be with some parameters of like minimum servings of protein for the day, um, you know, timing between meals. But typically what I'll employ is I might say, okay, we're going to utilize three sessions across the week where we're going to spend, you know, 40 minutes on a piece of cardio equipment that we wouldn't normally do. So it's not like just our normal sessions. So that we know that expenditure across the week as an average is much higher. That's then going to compensate for the amount of food that we're going to eat on the day of Christmas. But typically for someone in prep, I would still like um, them to have an idea of what they're intaking. And I will ask them to track. but I'll give them a ton of flexibility. I'll give you like a really generic number example, right? Let's say you're a female and I've got you currently eating 130 protein, 150 carb, 50 fat for that day with the extra allowance, I might say to you, go 150, 320, and 65.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: All right, so I might say double intake for the day um, and then potentially do it one more time. If you're in a position to be able to do so, again, depending on where your composition is at, that's the type of flexibility I'll allow that day because at the end of the day, family's important, time with your partner's important. You don't want to always be the family member at every event bringing the scales. And this is coming from someone who is that family member because that's just, you know, I love to do that shit. So I'm not saying it's wrong, but I understand for some people having the flexibility is important. And I know that it's important in most cases, more to the family and the partner than it actually is to the athlete because we, you know, we, we know, we don't care. We don't care if someone says, oh, you got your scales again. Oh, you bring your own food. <laughs> like I've been getting that for 10, 15 years. So to me, it doesn't bother me, but to some people I know that it does. So that's the type of system I'll employ with someone who's in prep across this period.
0: Yeah, I, I like to ask people how they're spending Christmas because everyone does it differently, right? Some people only have just a Christmas lunch and that's it. Nothing Christmas Eve, nothing Boxing Day, just one Christmas lunch. Simple to navigate. Some yeah. people are different, right? They have a lunch somewhere, they have a dinner somewhere else and then Boxing Day, there's something else. That's a little bit more difficult to navigate or you have to employ different strategies like you know, increasing food on those days, increasing expenditure and leading up to it, things like that. If it's just typically one meal, it can be managed pretty easily, still tracking it, but give them a little bit higher allowance on that day can be, can be really, really simple. So understanding how people spend their Christmas and also who they're surrounded by um, and what kind of support systems they have in place. Because yeah, we, we like, some people have family that just are like, yep, that's what you want to do. No problem. What, what, do you want me to cook anything for you? I've got scales here. What, what do you need? Some people like that. Well, other people just have family that just do not understand. And they mm. will get those questions and they will get there. What, why'd you eat? What do you eat? I get it, right? So I think understanding um, what environment that client's going to be around and help them navigate that situation for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. That's probably, what, I would say that that's like the probably hardest scenario out of like someone's current phase or position to navigate. Hmm. Post that, you've got someone who's like trying to gain weight and then yeah. someone who's maintaining. So like the maintaining strategy would be like reasonably similar um, I think like I'll give you another example, which is probably the other end of the spectrum where you've got someone potentially someone like in my position, I'll use like my Maddie Papper as an example, right? Who's peak off season, punishing a heap of food, never misses a beat, never misses a day of tracking, always overloads in the gym. And, you know, is constantly hitting plateaus with his metabolism because he's just so adherent to the process. So this week for me, it's like, man, try and over it. Like, <laughs> like, like, I want to I see that average intake go up over the week. So, like, you don't have to track or measure anything on the day. You're welcome to. But, like, you know, if you've got the opportunity to overeat a little bit, I'm not going to be disappointed or disheartened because, you know, the, uh, the rate of gain lately has been quite slow. So, it's an opportunity for us to actually accelerate things. But, again, I will still put some parameters around, like, if you're not going to track and measure... I want you to have five minimum servings of protein. And I'll say, use like visual cues, right? So say you're going to use two palm sizes of meat, chicken, or fish at four to five servings throughout the day. So I know that at least you're getting a good amount of protein intake. And I know roughly that's going to equate to about 200, 250 grams across the day. And then everything outside of that, if you normally wouldn't have a slice of cake and you want to, don't feel bad for having it.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, If if someone's in a gain phase, off-season phase, you know their metabolism is going to be in, in an amazing position, and we're going to, we've we've made sure that we've done that to our clients. we've put them all in a great position that if they were to do a day of overeating, it's not really going to be at a massive detriment right yeah. They're not going to gain all this weight, they're not going to be food focused and hungry because then they shouldn't be in that position uh, with the phase they're in, so it's more about not feeling guilty that you are not tracking, that you are overeating right but also don't feel guilty if you are the fit and healthy person at christmas who is not eating like everyone else and is not binging and guts in their face right so don't feel guilty both ways don't feel guilty that you're not sticking to your plan and you're not tracking everything but don't feel guilty that you're also the fittest person in your family and you're not piling stuff on your plate and just being an absolute glutton with everything right and I'd suggest, so, uh, so I'd say no tracking on that, that day, but re- be a reasonable, fit, and healthy, non starving individual, right? Like you to see you train before, and I'd like you to see you train after. They're the days before, the day before and a day after. That, that would be great. And on the day itself, I know I like to do this. I like to go for a walk in the morning. I'll actually walk to my parents' house because that's where Christmas will be. So I'll walk there, right? And I'll walk home. If I'm going somewhere I am in the car and I'm driving to someone's house for Christmas, I like to walk between meals, right? Obviously, it helps with digestion, but it also helps deposit that glucose that I'm eating. It helps deposit some of that food that I am eating, so it actually gives me more room to eat more, to be honest, right? But it makes me feel heaps better. So I recommend that people should go for even if it's just like ten minute walk after every meal. Get up off the chair, pick your favourite cousin, auntie, uncle, mum, dad, brother, sister, just go for a walk around the block. It's actually a good time to socialise too, and if we've got good weather, why not get out, right? I know actually some people are pretty sporty on Christmas Day, like there's always a cricket match going on or they're, they're playing. So try to stay a little bit active too if you can, if that's like the environment that you're in, or be the person that makes other people active and pull that cousin off the couch that's you know probably huffing and puffing because I ate too much and say, hey, let's go for a walk. Let's catch up. I haven't seen you in a while, right, and try to get out and about. And especially now with Daylight Savings, Um like going for a nice walk after yeah, dinner cool.
1: is, is, it's is a great. Awesome. It's a really great point, man, and I think um, it's it's heavily underutilized. Yeah, and and you know, knowing that the weather that we've got, it's a great opportunity. So, like, I reckon that's like MT's words of wisdom this Christmas is like grab someone in your family who you know normally overeats, take them around the block, and I bet it'll start to become like a bit of a family Christmas tradition.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, I, I definitely, that's probably the best one of the best ways to approach it. Um, if you said to me, "What is the bare minimum I need to do on Christmas to not really uh, put my goals at a detriment, still progress, and um, and for it not to be a disaster?" That's what I'd say. Try to get do all your training and everything uh, leading up into that day as per normal. Try to train the day after so you can utilize some of the extra food that you ate. And then during Christmas, try to keep try to keep a little bit active by what what I what I mentioned. And don't feel guilty that you're overeating, but also don't feel guilty that you're not eating as much as everyone else either. And you're deciding to be conscious with the things that you are picking to eat. I know for Christmas with me, and you're probably the same, same guys. Is there's food there on Christmas day that never gets cooked on any other day of the year, right? Like there's stuff that my mum cooks, that my auntie cooks, that they never cook any other time of the year. I'm fucking trying that shit. Like I'm, Mm. I'm putting that on my plate, right? So don't miss out on things that you know you're going to miss out on for the rest of the year. Like, you know, include yourself in that kind of stuff. If your auntie has made a pavlova or some kind of cake that they only make once a year, and they're like, have a slot, have a slice. Enjoy-, enjoy it, you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. Scotty, eat. if your auntie makes sumos, you
0: just fucking yeah. get on
1: that. <laughs> Bro, I would. If Love she's putting
0: maple syrup and honey over everything, go, no, nah, I only want honey. Yeah, man. Once a year. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Scotty? Any words of wisdom, advice? How do you spend Christmas? That kind of stuff.
2: I think you guys know that Most of the stuff you touched on is is sort of how I I approach. I'm a big advocate of getting a walk first thing in the in the morning. Also, especially for those that are if they're in contest prep like you guys, I I'll give them a target, encourage them to be present with their family, flexible diet, and only just advise that they hit their step count, which is Something that I will try and put in place, and um, some sort of way to make that rather than feel like I've got to go for a walk, someone prep, like let's go for a family walk, or like let's play some backyard games, whatever it is, watch you, whatever you're running, getting stuff active with the kids, but also just ensuring that that first meal that goes in is offering some some nutritional status in a sense that I'll normally be like, consumer, a high protein, low fat, high fiber, um, low carbohydrate if you're in prep, because at least that way. You're putting something really good and nutritious in your body first thing in the morning. The fiber is also something that perhaps gets underutilized. People in the past will see they'll have digestion perturbations post-Christmas because they again maybe get a little bit excited and their body's really not quite used to partitioning the amount of food that they've had for the last 16 weeks. So having that there just to help pass everything through and, and tick it over and also just having that bit of buffer you can have a really you know tasty like the go-to for me is always, and that's what I'll always have, is like lots of fruit, like apples, strawberries, with some Greek yogurt, protein powder. And then that will be like the meal one, high protein, high fiber, low carb, low fat. And then you've got a, an array of calories that you can utilize later on. But also you're just putting, you're putting some good quality food in you before you go and enjoy all of your richer meats and you know maybe some dessert and whatnot. But yeah, like you guys said, it's really important to enjoy the day. But just remember that you can enjoy it without – having to eat like an asshole Just because it's there doesn't mean you have to have it. But if you feel like there's something there and you genuinely are hungry or you want to try it, absolutely, go for it. Obviously, when we're in prep, there's a little bit more of a restriction in the sense that you might have the, the pavlova and then there also might be some cheesecake and then a trifle and then we're doing Christmas pudding as well. That's where maybe you just need to pick your poison and maybe just pick one of those because – Typically, it's not what you would normally have. But I think the main thing is just just
1: common sense and enjoy the day. Be sensible. And um, that's basically it. You tick everything off. Do, you guys, do you guys train on Christmas Day? Not t- not your athletes, you personally. Do you do t- train on Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, I do actually, yeah. yeah, me, yeah. Me, me, me and I typically do as well. We like to get up early. We go to ours, bring the dog. Uh, and then, you know, it's another reason like, you know, later on when you're eating, you feel like you're putting it to good use at least, but yeah, we do love to train.
2: Yeah, I feel like you can metabolize it a bit better by doing that because if you're a big eater and you do consume a lot, I know for me, like we were just saying, kind of clears a bit of room early on and gives you that space to be able to eat and then the walk after lunch because typically it's like everyone eats lunch and then lies down in a food coma before it's time to have dinner versus if you, you know, you've trained earlier and it doesn't have to be the best work in the world, but I think just individual preference.
0: I like it, so yeah, I actually enjoy it. It's not like I need to do it because it's punishment or something like that. Because I'm going to overeat. Like I actually enjoy doing it, and that's what I kind of want to make people uh, make sure people understand too is don't punish yourself for like the next day. Try to punish yourself in some way because you overate at Christmas. Like don't do that to yourself. Don't. There's no need to punish yourself because that's just. Um, putting in bad habits that whenever you do something wrong, you need to punish yourself. So I wouldn't be doing that either. But one thing that we can also touch on too is, you know, majority of people are probably going to be on some kind of break from work and are going to have some time off um, during this time, during maybe a week or two off. Um, If you're going away on holidays, fair enough. You try to navigate that situation the best you possibly can with the food that you have access to and the training you can do. But if you're someone that is not, you know, don't, don't, don't have any plans to to leave your area and to leave your house and to go away. What do you think the best way is to kind of navigate the fact that you have a different structure and a routine now? You're, you're not a get up at this time, go to work at this time, come home at this time. I eat these meals at these times. I train at this time. It's a totally different routine because you literally don't have work anymore. So how would you kind of tackle that where your routine is is different and could be different every day?
1: Are you in prep, or are
0: you just an average athlete? Just an average, just a just a, an, an average uh, person in their off season.
1: Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it interesting? I'm not answering the question. I'm just going to like raise a point that can be part of the discussion. Is as athletes, when we get a ton more time to do the thing that we love, and more flexibility, we actually struggle with it. We like <laughs> to be like tight, knitted on a schedule. When someone says, "Okay, you don't have to work. You can train whenever you want. You can have your meals whenever you want," we're like, "Oh, fuck." What but on paper, you- that sounds awesome. We're giving you all this extra time and flexibility and yet a lot of us struggle to manage all of that. See,
0: what's funny is, and I'm not saying everyone needs to be like me because I'm probably more of a hardcore than, than, than most, but I try to keep the same structure. But the thing is, is I'm not a nine to five worker, right? I work from home, I'm an online coach. So not much is really going to change for me during this time period because I'm still going to be working and I'm going to be home. Right? I'm actually not going away on a holiday and catching a plane somewhere, right? So my structure is going to be, I'm probably going to get up at the same time most night, m- most, most mornings and probably go to bed at the same time. So breakfast and dinner is probably going to be the same. Maybe lunch might be at a different time period, but really my structure routine is not going to change. So we're, we're talking about people that are, that literally have a different structure and a different routine. Um, and, and tackling that situation.
2: I think you just identify like, what do you want to do for that day? Like what, What do you want to get out of your day? Do you want to go to the beach? If you want to go to the beach, what does that look like? What time are you leaving? And then you basically just reverse engineer from, okay, we're going to go between these times. If I'm going to do that and I'm meant to be training, this is probably the best time for me to train. If I'm training at this time, the meal I had beforehand probably has to be here. meal afterwards has to be here. And then you base it from that. So I think it it can still be advantageous to have an element of structure within the day in terms of like feeding time or training because – If you don't and you're like, oh, I don't know when I'll train today, then you're kind of opening the door to say that I'm going to go to the beach, it's a really nice day, actually I don't really want to go home, and then you end up staying late, and then you maybe miss that window, so I think just maybe having a little bit of foresight around what you want to do for that day, it could be I want to go shopping with my wife or my husband or whatever, or I want to take my kids to the park, whatever it is, and then you work out the most important things for you because at the end of the day, it's a holiday. You want to make sure that the things you're doing are the the things that you're choosing to do, not that you you feel like you have to do. Mm -hmm. And then once those important pieces have been, I guess, penciled in, then you just sort of fill in the gaps around when's going to be the right time to train. And then based on that, that will normally give you an idea of when you're training, you know when the meal before roughly is going to be and the meal after. And then you would just um, pencil in the one that goes before that, and then the one that goes after that, and then yeah, there's your being. I'd pretty much treat
0: it almost like how you would treat a weekend, right? Is if you're generally a nine to five worker, Monday, to Friday, how do you normally conduct yourself on a weekend when you are on point and you're structured and you're in your off season and you're ticking the boxes and you're getting all your training and all your steps done and all your meals, right? It's pretty much during this time, every day is going to feel like a weekend, and that's pretty much how you should tackle it, right? I'd still be meal prepping. I'd still be having all your food, even though you've got probably more time on your hands to like nearly cook every meal fresh. I'd still be meal prepping and and knowing and planning out what you're going to eat so you know what you are eating and when you're eating them and things like that. Obviously, you might have some social situations scattered within the week, which you can have to navigate. But um, I'd still be doing those habits. Still meal prepping, If you can still train at the same time you normally would train, then keep that. Or maybe now it's a new time. Now you're going to train in the morning every single day of the week because normally you train after work, but you don't have work. So now you're going to train at 10 a.m. instead, right? So maybe it's now about setting actually a new routine and sticking to something new, a new routine, and not trying to make it up every single day. So having a plan and structure in place is, um, is always going to be your foundation, your fallback position even if you don't follow it exactly to the T every single day, because you should have flexibility and you should be doing things that you enjoy and not feel restricted because you are on a holiday. But um, having a goal and having some kind of plan in place, a, a, a going in position is going to be, it's going to help you execute better than if you're like, Oh, I'll, just, I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll, I'll wing it. I don't even know what I'm eating. I don't even know when I'm training. So if you know that you're not going to get up, have breakfast, lunch is already in the fridge, I'm going to go train first, do that. Then I'm going to come back. I'm going to eat lunch. Then I'm going to spend the rest of the day with my best mate, my partner, I might go visit my auntie, uncle, whoever it may be. MG, what do you think?
1: No, I agree, man. I'll just say, like, just enjoy the time. Be present in it. Don't fear it. It's like we really get opportunities to, like, wind down as as people. We're all so busy. and I know sometimes it, it um, can throw the routine out, but just try and be present in the moment. Enjoy time with the ones around you and, and, um, you know, you probably get to train at some times that you normally don't. Yeah. Just try and utilize it to have, like, massive sessions. Like, really push yourself in the gym.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's what I love doing too. And just going to different gyms.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And sleep more.
0: Yeah. Yes. And de-stress and relax and do things that you enjoy and fill your cup, which is what we always talk about, Scotty. Exactly fill your right. like
2: cup, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Should definitely be going to the new year with uh, your cup full. And also... Have time to reflect on the achievements that you you your achievements of the year. You know, what you did achieve and what you've done and what you set your sights on doing and, and what you accomplished. And then think about what you want to do next year. You know, life is always more fulfilling when you have a purpose, right? So what is going to be your purpose for next year? Across all aspects of your life, could be life, could be financial, could be career, could be relationship, could be health and fitness, uh, could be whatever it is. Could be starting a business, You know, start to think about those things that you do want to set in place for next year and what purpose you want to have. Because, you know, it sounds a little bit funny and it sounds like a long time ago, but last year we were in and out of lockdowns, right? So this year, 2022, has been the first full year of no interruptions, right? And um, if the last couple of years has taught us anything is that we shouldn't take things for granted and uh, we should make the most of our opportunities. And I think that's what a lot of people have done this year. Right is without having those restrictions in place if they've make it they've made the most so don't be complacent next year and uh, and treat it treat it like you did this year don't take things for granted and try to make the most of it right try to make the most of it because not saying it's going to happen but you know what if it does happen what if we get our liberties taken away from us again so make the most of um, of, of, of next year just like you you all did for this year. We'll see. Uh, what's your plans, Scotty, for your for your time over this uh this break? Are you taking some time yeah. off the gym? Is it closing?
2: No, we other than the main days, we, we pretty much trade all the way through, albeit a slightly different slash modified timetable. But um I normally walk uh, walk through I normally work through the jan period just because being self employed, it's a bit easier to let the staff have a bit of time. It's only a bit quieter, I don't really mind it. Um, Earlier finishes, the start's still early, but I like it. I can still just, like we were saying, I have my same routine. I don't really like to deviate from that all that all that much. So we just sort of stick to that. I'll go down to the beach house on the weekends. Here, but we're going to um, get away in March um, with the kids. We'll head up to the Gold Coast. So, and at that stage, it's quieter. Everyone else has had their holidays and come back. And all my staff are back and it's back to normal. So I'll probably, it'll just be ticking over as per normal, we'll just albeit a slightly reduced um, workload, which is nice.
1: Where's the beach house? Yeah. Torquay. Prime. Really awesome.
2: Yeah, man. It's what
1: awesome. about you guys? Uh, MT and I are coming up to Torquay for a um, <laughs> weekend away. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's, have, you, have you been up to Torquay before? Yeah, it's a
2: bit awesome, man. It's incredible. I love it. It's just so... You talk about filling up your cup. You have a big week at work. Um, even in prep, like some... I've, find in winter even though it's not as hot and sunny, just being by the water and just it's quiet, like yeah definitely. going for a walk at the beach either early in the morning or late at night, like as the sun's going down or sun's coming up. For me, that with with a, a black a good black coffee is just like that's heaven. Yeah, I would, I would agree man. That's like where do
0: you train when you're there? It just depends. That's not the hardest
2: thing. It's trying to find somewhere the RE... The RACV club is literally right across the road and they have a gym down there um, that you can get a casual pass from, although you have to wait. somewhere between eight and five, I think. Okay. Um, but I've knocked around in a car places. I've been into any time a few times, but normally it's pretty rare to be honest. I've been there for more than probably two or three nights at a time. So I'll normally train the day that I'll go down and then um, if we're there for two nights or three nights, I'll either grab... Sometimes I'll get a session in an RACV club. Otherwise, I'll um, I'll just train when I get back, and I'll set my week up um like that because there's not really a lot of not a lot of good gy- not a lot of good gyms down there. I was actually talking to Jake on Instagram because he's opened up his um his supplement store, which is in Torquay. Yep. They basically can the supplement space, and they've he's put a, he's setting up like a little
0: um. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. That'll work. Might, might check in there and, and, and see how that is but, um, but yeah there's, there's not really like any there's another one there um, name escapes me that's got a pretty decent setup, but again you can only really go in and staff the hours and we normally go down on the weekends and they're typically not really staff but they're staff from like 8 to 12 and that doesn't really line up with us because kids, no, no, kids are um, yeah exactly so on the week when we're there i work around the family on, on that front so
1: How about you, MG? What are you doing over the break? Yeah, we're going in block. I love it up there. Me and I, man, exactly what Scotty said. We'd get up every morning, dog, walk on the beach, coffee, go home, chill, walk at lunchtime. When the sun's going down, walk again. A lot of steps. Man. Well, not as many, man, because you might do like three, three or three, say three to 4,000 walks. So it's 12,000. But man, what I'm normally doing when I'm at work, I might do, Scott, no, 17 or 18,000 just from working. So, it tends to be a reduction for me, man. Um We're going to go up there for, you know, from the 26th to the 3rd. And then on the 3rd, we're going to drive from Inblock five and a bit hours to Yarrawonga, wow. where my family is. And um, spend a week up there before we come back on the night. So my brother-in-law's 40th, so we're going to go up there and spend some time with the kids, the nieces and nephews, which I'm very much looking forward to. Man, I can't wait. My, my, my nieces and nephews, I think my... Nephew Daniel, who's like, I can't believe how fast he's grown. Every time I log on to like social media, he's like 12, right? New TikTok, new TikTok video, new TikTok video, new oh, TikTok. Wow. It's crazy to see how quick they're like, they're like growing up. So I sent him a message. When I get to Yoronga, we're going to film some TikToks together.
2: What? What? Like just, he's like, we're going
1: to play cricket. We're going to play footy. I'm like, man, that's, you're talking my language. That's all I want to do. I just want to go there, enjoy some sun, jump in the water, hit the cricket ball, play footy. It's like, oh, man, I'm am for that, man. Where are you
0: going to train? In Inverloch and... and, and oh, like...
1: Inverloch's easy, man. There's a gym up there that me and I obviously sp- speak to the owner and he goes away, but we he just gives us a fob. We give him 60 bucks and he lets us train for the t- oh, for nice. the 10 days as, as many times. We won't go in any 24 hours, which is awesome. And they've got everything there, so don't even, even need to make any alterations, man. And then in Yarrawonga, there's one main place in town. Um, So what I'll do there i is is I'll, I'll get a session on the way there. We'll stop... Because you have to go past home, We'll stop and train. I'll do one on the way back. And then I'll only have to go in for two casuals while I'm there, I reckon. Cool. Do you close the gym? Well, the gym closes the 24th. But then the staffer, I've got Colbury and Amy are opening the 27th, 28th. No, sorry. 28th, 29th and 30th. And then we'll shut from um, Christmas. Sorry, New Year's Eve to the 5th. Yeah, that's five nice. days. Yeah, awesome.
0: right. What are you doing, bro? Uh, I'm pretty much hanging around Melbourne. I'm hanging around here. I, you know, like during the year, I actually did a lot of flights. I did a lot of trips. Like I went to Sydney twice
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: for comps, and um, one was for the ICN nationals, and the other one was for to watch WBFF. I did. I went to Adelaide once for for clients or for shows. And then I went to Brisbane and I was there for a while. So I think I've done enough flying around (laughs) for the year and visiting around. So I'll do some day trips here and there. Obviously, I went away for my birthday recently. Um, But you know what I like to do during this time is just do things that I never have time to do. And some of them are work-related things. Like I'll be doing stuff to the app and I'll be changing things around. I'll have a look at my business process and things that I want to do that there's – There's some educational things that I like to set up so that, um, like, you know, an exercise library and that kind of stuff. Like, there's things that I like to do that will make my life easier throughout the year, (laughs) throughout throughout next year, you know what I mean? So, I always make a list, a to-do list. And I keep myself real busy, actually. And um, I like to relax and stuff, but that kind of stuff brings me happiness too, believe it or not. I feel like I've accomplished something and it sets myself up for the next year. I'll, I really like to do that, spend this time setting myself up, relaxing, taking it easy, seeing family and friends, um, but really setting myself up for next year.
1: Yeah. yeah and so I think 2023 is going to be the best year for all of us, man. Like we, 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 we all had an awesome year and I'm not just talking about like comps, I'm just talking about personally, professionally, the connections that we've all made, um, the progressions that we've all made, but like, I feel like all three of us are in a pretty good spot at the moment, like headspace wise, um, you know, with our inner circle and stuff. So it's only going to get better and better from here. And I'm really, really excited for next year. Yeah. I want to uh, chat to you boys about
0: us three, what we're going to do next year and maybe potential some workshops and seminars. So we're going to be talking about that. How to to make the Zubo gluten free. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, We'll uh, will make some suvos I'll bring my phone. No, how to inject sodium into your soup. <laughs> now, I, re- I really, want to um to, to to get that going for us three three boys too. Um, and uh, give out some some more content, some more educational information for everyone out there because obviously we've uh, people have been re- really enjoying the podcast and get a lot of value out of it. But uh, it'd be good to to make things uh, consolidated. Because we get a lot of repeat questions and I reply to them and say, hey, yeah, listen to episode two, listen to episode 15, whatever it may be. But it'd be good to um, to get some seminars and some workshops underway where it consolidates a lot of this really good information that we've been putting out that people have been responding really, really well to. So uh, definitely something for next year, for sure. Yeah, agreement. man. So onto that, uh, we're taking two weeks off from the potty. So next week and the first week of Jan. So we'll be back the week of the 9th. The
1: 11th, yeah, Wednesday the 11th, I think.
0: Yeah, Wednesday the 11th will be when we record it and then I'll just be releasing as quick as I possibly can. Um, So we're going to take a couple of weeks off so we can refresh and everyone can enjoy themselves and um, I'm sure that uh, we'll have a lot of things to talk about when we come back.
1: Definitely. And, yeah, obviously a big thanks to to MT because behind the scenes, MT is the one that gets all this... He does all the work online. And <laughs> he does,
2: we, MG and I get to, to turn up, answer a few questions. He hosts, he does all of the, the prep stuff behind. Someone actually asked me the other day, how do you guys, how does it get linked across all the platforms? I'm like, do you know what? It's a really good question. And I don't have the answer to that. Without <laughs> MT, like,
1: yeah, like, it
2: doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is this great guy, he's made of mine MT. He does all of that yeah and um <laughs> and uh but we and we tell you all the time but it doesn't doesn't need to um everyone needs to obviously know that it, would, you, it wouldn't happen without you doing all the back end stuff so as much as you know we all try and contribute a bit of a uh, bit of content to put it out there for everyone but at the end of the day you're the one that's doing all the, the back end stuff so we appreciate it bro no absolutely.
0: You thank you man i love it um it makes it all worthwhile for sure. And you just,
1: you've just you just turned into this fucking awesome host from, like from episode one to now. Today was like your most it just, interesting yeah. job. It was so fucking crisp. Man, you know what? You know I hate public speaking, right? I know. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I yeah. said. From episode <laughs> one to now, you've turned into this like fucking legendary host. I reckon you've just been every... I know you watch podcasts. You listen to podcasts nonstop. You've just been sucking in all this information. And your ability to host today—I just watched, you know, the value entertainment. Yeah, um, I just watched the Ronnie Com the Ronnie Common one. I hadn't watched that one before. Really? And wow. man, you've, you 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 just—you've bec- become that guy. Yeah, Pat- Patrick Bed David. That's yeah, you, bro.
0: yeah that's I listen you. to your stuff all the time. It's awesome. Yeah. You are him. Actually, that's one thing I probably want to uh, let people know about. Is there's so many podcasts I listen to. There's so many good ones. I really need to
1: start t- telling people about it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. There's some good ones out there. But ours is the best, right? Maybe that's what we'll do next year. Every episode, we'll tell you about an awesome podcast to check out. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, got plenty, got plenty. All right, boys. Well, boys, well happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, to everyone. Thanks for everyone's support. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to
0: everyone. To everyone that's listening, I uh, appreciate your support this year. It means so much to our, to us. Like just getting those questions in and then getting the feedback and response and just hearing your stories about how much it's been helping you and helping your, your goals, it, it really makes us happy, and we're generally happy. So uh, thank you so much, and um, we'll definitely see all of you in the new year. Keep uh, keep safe, and uh, take care of yourself.
1: Yeah, thanks, boys. See
0: you thanks, boys. Take care, hey, everyone. everyone. See you, boys.